Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot On Oilers Radio. 630 Jed. All right, it's 134 in Edmonton back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you, Bob Stoffer, golfing in the Mark Spector Golf Classic today. Stoffer and Spector in studio tomorrow for Horse Racing Alberta. We are going to uh, head to Calgary here shortly and be joined by Peter Labardius, but uh, some breaking news out of Minnesota as Jason Zucker has just signed a five-year contract worth 275 million dollars. A few signings around the NHL today. The Flames as well signing uh, Matt Jankowski to or Mark Jankowski rather. I was thinking Matt Yamark who signed uh, in Dallas also today but Mark Jankowski signed a two year deal worth 3.35 million. We'll talk to Peter about that and more in a second but first we bring aboard Peter to talk about Jerome again. Peter how are you doing? I'm great thank you. That's good to hear. What are you up to? Uh, well, I have a different schedule. I uh, spend my summers with my wife and my stepdaughter in Mississauga, so I am in uh, very hot and humid Ontario, and uh, pretty much taking it easy. A little of this, a little of that, and uh, before you know it, we'll be back in Calgary, and it'll be hockey, and we'll be going at 1,000 miles an hour again. Absolutely. Well, on Monday in Calgary, they will uh, hold a press conference for uh, Jerome Aginla as he officially uh, announces his retirement. Um, broke on uh, Twitter earlier today. Uh, I guess for you, Peter, we'll get to some memories and uh, that sort of thing, but maybe just describe Jerome as a player, uh, what you remember about him uh, on and off the ice, what he was like to be around, that sort of thing. Well, you know, my memories of Jerome going way back is time in Kamloops with those great Blazer teams. And, of course, for those of us in the right genre or era, one of the great moments for me with Jerome actually came in a semifinal game of the World Junior Championship in 1996 in Boston. He was a big part of that game and scored a huge shorthanded semifinal goal against the Russians to help pave the way. And... Jerome it was just a stellar player, uh, arguably the greatest player in Calgary Flames history. There's certainly Jerome and a couple other guys that I would put right there. But, you know, Jerome, a, a good Alberta guy from St. Albert, honest, uh, hard worker, could do it all. All he did was score 30 or more every single year. Uh, you know, a big part of two Canadian Olympic gold medal winning championships, especially in 2002 when Canada broke that 50-year barrier of 
not winning an Olympic hockey gold medal in Salt Lake City, which I was lucky enough to be in attendance for that day. And for me, one of the truly greatest days of my life. And Jerome at his hands all over that 5-2 victory over the United States on that Sunday. And then, you know, just have the chance in, in my time in Calgary to, to watch him go to work every day. Hard to play against. But I think one of the great Jerome love affairs had to do with the fact that not only was he a great power forward, but if you needed him to drop the Dukes and change a game that way, he was capable and always an excellent, you know, citizen in the community and knew handle how to handle himself in the media and on camera. So uh, just delighted for him. His picture's going to Toronto and look back, we're going to find him in the Hall of Fame. I'd be shocked if he wasn't there sooner rather than later. So a lot of memories, I guess, in closing about Jerome and very, very thankful for many things he did and having the ability to watch quite a bit of it in person with my own two eyes. Well, you said arguably the best Calgary Flame of all time, Peter, so let's expand on that. Is oh, he the best Calgary Flame of all time? <laughs> well, listen, I, I don't like those I don't like those conversations. Um, you know, I think Theron Fleury was a great Calgary Flame. There's been lots of great Calgary Flames. But if, if you said to me you had to nominate one guy, it would be pretty hard not to go with the guy that announced his retirement today. Okay, that's fair. I know you were talking about uh, the 2002 Olympics. I, re- I remember the 2010 Olympics as well mm-hmm. when he set up Crosby for the golden goal. Everyone talks yep. about Crosby scoring the goal. It was a nice pass, a perfect pass from McGinley. So that's one of my favorite memories. Mm-hmm. And also, he never won a Stanley Cup. But uh, I'll always remember when he dropped the gloves with Vincent LeCavillet yeah, in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> those are two of my favorite memories, so I'm yeah, sure you can share a lot more. One of those, one of the, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was lucky enough to be around uh, to call his 1,000th point on television tonight in St. Louis, so it was really neat to see him reach that milestone. Uh, you know, it was 500th goal against Minnesota. So, again, for me... I think a lot about Jerome going back to the time he was 17, let alone when it all came to an end. And Great player, good citizen, good person, good to deal with. And, and like I said, for me, a, a couple of special ones. Especially, and I was lucky enough again to be in the building in 2010, too, so that was, that was really neat. But for me, my favorite Jerome McGinley moment was his outstanding two-goal performance in the final in Salt Lake in 2002. Awesome stuff. What do you think he does next now, uh, Peter? Do you see him get into coaching or what? I know, you know what? I really don't. I, I know that, that he's a great dad, and I know he's really focused. His kids, from all accounts, are, are pretty good athletes. And, and from what I know of Jerome and what I've heard, uh, you know, he's really focused on on that part of his life and adding some guidance and I, I have no idea whether they're going to be good enough athletes to be pros or in what sport necessarily, but I know he's very active in that way. So no, I don't, I don't know if I really necessarily see Jerome surfacing anytime soon in a management or a coaching type role. I, I would, I would probably say it might be a little while or if at all, if we see that. 
Well, what we do know is there'll be an emotional uh, scene on a Monday oh, in so. Calgary. So we look forward to that. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the current flames here, Peter, because uh, it's been a busy off season for Calgary, of course. Yeah. With a coaching change to kick it all off, that big blockbuster trade with uh, Carolina. They were busy in free agency as well. So let's maybe uh, just circle back to where it all started when uh, they announced Bill Peters as the new head coach and now Glenn Goldson uh, ends up here in Edmonton. Well, I'd want to start with just, I I think, so highly of Glenn. I had a great time working with him. I, I probably learned as much from Glenn about the technical side of the game and, and, and even more so, not that people really care or want to get into it, I just... I think Glenn is is truly one of the finest people that I've had a chance to be around on a day to day basis, and and in Edmonton, and I've known Todd McClellan and Trent Yanni used to be my biology partner, if believe it or not, and wow. in high school for half a semester in in Saskatoon. <laughs> so, so I feel pretty pretty uh, well informed on that all Saskatchewan coaching staff, by and large, that you have there, but. I was. I, I was sad to see Glenn go. Um, you know, it, it's a business. It's a hard business. So I would start there. I, I've also had a chance to come to know Bill Peters, and I think very highly of Bill. I was around calling Memorial Cups at the time when Spokane won the Memorial Cup in 2008. And, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, would be in a category for me. When, when you go to the rink and you know he's part of the opposing team, Anytime I'd go to Carolina, I'd always really look forward to seeing Bill and, and chatting hockey with him. And I, I really like his personality and who he's all about. So, you know, part of you, you get close to people and you hate to see people go. And But, you know, Edmonton's got a good coach and I think Calgary's got a good guy. And so that's how I would assess those two situations. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Well, a bit of a Carolina flair now to the Flames roster. Not sure how much <laughs> yeah. of uh, say Bill Peters had in these moves. I'm sure he had his input. But uh, the big trade, of course, Hannafin, Lindholm for Hamilton, Furland, and Fox. Uh, your initial reaction to that trade and where you sort of stand on it now, uh, having uh, had the chance to digest it all, Peter? Well, it's, it's a great question, Brennan. And for me, I just knew that Going into the summer, I really, I really felt that there was going to be a big player change. I, I thought there needed to be one. I just felt last year like there was something not quite right with the chemistry. Thanks for having the general manager. As far as I could tell, from all the time he spends on a radio station, I, I just 
even after the coaching change, I didn't think the players would come away unscathed, if you know what I mean. So I expected a bang. I really did. And I thought there was a pretty good chance that Dougie Hamilton could be involved. I'd heard that he missed his exit meetings, that he basically skipped out on those. So that didn't go over very well. And it's, it's a big move, but the Flames have added more right-handed depth. Uh, they've given themselves in Lindholm, who I think is a top six player, uh, top six either center or right winger, and this is a team that really needed help on the right side. It gives them some more versatility and options. Hannafin, I've actually, Brandon, it's funny, and, and people don't look at it this way all the time, but as someone who you know watches kids at a very young age, I remember that great 1997 American team going all the way back to the world under-17 challenge a few years ago in Cape Breton. And, you know, just to refresh your memory, they had some guys that were pretty good. McAvoy, Hannafin, uh, Wierenski, a guy named Austin Matthews, Matthew Kitschak. It was it was a heck of a group. And you could even tell in that tournament when they won it handily that there were some pretty key people. And at that time, of those three big guys on defense, Hannafin at the time was probably the most impressive of the three. So I think there's more upside there. He's 21 years old. Uh, you know, if you're going to lose a big piece from a key part of your lineup, you better have somebody in return. He's going to be a different player than Dougie was, but I think I think it's pretty good value. I, it, you know, Michael Furland, it was going to be a tough decision with him in his last year of his contract. As the, he's going to command a lot more money going forward. You can't pay everybody, so. Yeah, that's the best way I would characterize it. I, I did. I, I wasn't surprised. As a matter of fact, I might have been more surprised not to see a big player move with the Flames this summer than I was to see one. Well, they were also busy in a free agency as well, Peter. And, of course, you, you hit on Neil a little bit, uh, Derek Ryan. Zarnik as well, they signed. Mm-hmm. So where do, where do the young guys, I guess, fit in? And Bennett and Jankowski, <laughs> who they re-signed today, like, where do you see those guys fitting in? Because I think they would like to see both those players take another step forward this season. Yeah, they sure would. And, you know, Mark scored four in the last night of the year against Vegas and ended up with 17 and didn't play a full season. And for me, Mark's one of the real key guys for the Flames potentially going forward. Uh, the way they slot now, I just think they have way more options and where he goes next with his career might make him a very big piece of this Flames team in terms of, you know, can he turn into your legitimate second, not necessarily second-line center, but your, your next best center scoring option is the way I would put it. You know, you know about Michael Backlund, who, you know, for most people would look at him as a straight-up second-liner. Um but again, Michael's a great two-way player. I think at times you've probably needed as Calgary a little more from him on the offensive side. But I think he's great value is, you know, having him in a real versatile place where he can win some matchups and still give you 45 to 50 points a year. Jankowski's a, a really intriguing guy for me because I think if he can keep Brendan and next step and become a 25-goal guy, it can kind of maybe change the face of this group going forward. You know, we've got a great idea about Monaghan and Gaudreau and what they are. I think, you know, we know James Neal scores 20 every year. That's all he's ever done. And 
I don't think 30 is out of the realm if he finds a fit with a great playmaker and those two guys. I'm guessing that's where it starts. But for the Flames, in terms of that that matchup and that centerman to potentially anchor another scoring line, I just think it's so important to have two lines that you can depend on offensively. And not to say that Batman hasn't been that guy. He's been that guy. But for most good teams, as even Vegas showed us, you know, the more good options and the less drop-off there is between your group makes you really hard to match up against. So I, I'm really, I'm about as intrigued, and there's lots of things as we've already touched on about the Flames to be intrigued about. So all of a sudden there's a long list. Lindholm, you've mentioned the guys up front. I, I think the face of the team has changed in every way. I think they have way more options up front. Now it's a matter of seeing how it all fits and who... You know, can a Jane Kleisky take another step? Do we know yet exactly who Sam Bennett is and what you can expect from him? But in all my time in Calgary, I would say in paper is paper, and if I've learned anything through all the years I've covered the NHL, who really knows what's going to happen from one year, year to the next? And I don't think I'm speaking to people who don't get it in your market. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. Uh, and that's, absolutely. And that's not being critical. That's just you know, the minute you think you really know, you can be surprised. It, it's a hard league. It's hard to be good. It's exceptionally hard to win. And as competitive as it is, there's no guarantee to get to places even when sometimes it looks like you could or you should. Well, when the Arizona Coyotes win the Stanley Cup this year, Peter, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You, well, never, you never know. Hey, you listen. Know. As silly as that sounds, we all remember who was in the final last year, don't we? Absolutely. Anything can happen. So There you go. I do think the Flames uh, will either finish first or second in the Pacific, uh, Peter. I really like the changes that they made this offseason. That, that four group is really deep. I like it a lot. Uh, if Smith can stay healthy in goal, I think they'll be fine there. I like the D, so we'll see what happens, but I like the Flames uh, overall. If you had to pick a favorite right now in the Pacific Division, though, who would it be? lean with San Jose. I might lean with San Jose. I, I, I still I really like that group. Uh, I'm a big fan of their coaching staff as well. I like the drivers of that bus in terms of I think they have a really special group of leaders with Pavelski and Thornton and Couture and to me one of the more underappreciated guys in all of hockey, Mark Edward Vlasic. You know, uh, Martin Jones has become a pretty darn fine goalie. If I have to give anybody a slight edge, it might be them. But I'll say this. Again, going back to my last answer, if you can properly predict today the order of finish in the Pacific Division, I'll give you my number and my email, and I want you to phone me. And at the end of the year, I want to see how close it is. Because I think it's so difficult. I really do. Yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. But who, who would have forecast going into last year that the two Alberta teams were going to miss? Yeah, nobody. Nobody. But they did. The same way this year I could see both of them, you know, being in the top three in the division. So that's the wonderful thing about sports, unless you're in the NBA and one team's going to win and everybody else is playing for second. But, <laughs> you know, and there's some value to dynasties and those kind of things. But the, the, the neat thing about hockey and the NHL and the state 
Um, and I do sometimes miss those powerhouse teams, and I, I think it brings a different level, but there is something pretty exciting and unique about it's a league where you really don't know. I was having, I'll leave this with you because I know it's probably time to go. Mm-hmm. But I said, I said to a couple buddies this summer, and I'll, I'll leave this for your for your audience. If somebody said you have a thousand dollars left to play with, how many teams in the West can you absolutely, in your own mind today, guarantee that they're going to make the playoffs next year? Hmm. Where you're willing to put, you've got two grand left to your name. I want you to put 1,000 of the 2,000 on playoff teams in the West that you think are for sure can't miss and how big the West. I'll leave you there. Yeah, I wish we could keep going, Peter, but I appreciate it. Uh, we'll do well, it again we soon. Could, but I know, I know how soon it's working. you got other business. Well, we need to wrap up the show here in about five minutes, so we need to take no, a break and then go. wrap it up. But thanks for uh, chiming in today and sharing some memories about Jerome again. We'll do it again soon. Super. Thanks for having me. That is Peter Labardius. Out of Calgary, Flames radio analyst. Spent a lot of time on the TV coverage as well at Sportsnet. 153 in Edmonton. We need to take a timeout. We'll come back and wrap up the show after this. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 156 in Edmonton, wrapping up today's edition of Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. Just wanted to uh, get to a quick text message here from Chris in Victoria. This is an awesome story. He says, can you please give a shout-out to fellow longtime listener, Jaunty. He's fighting cancer right now, winning the battle, but having a hard time with the treatments. I met him on vacation in Mexico wearing my Oilers t-shirt and he lives a block from me in Victoria. We have become good friends because of Oilers now. He's a great guy. Wishing him well. Thanks from Chris in Victoria. Well, we wish you well, Jaunty. Best of luck with your fight with cancer. Bob and I are rooting for you and thanks for uh, passing that along there, Chris. One more quick text. Does Brian Hall ever go home? No. He actually lives downstairs in the basement. And speaking of Brian Hall, he'll be on Oilers now in studio with Bob Stoffer on Friday. Tomorrow on the show, it's Stoffer and Spectre in studio. But first, we will tell you what's on Inside Sports tonight with Reed Wilkins. He'll have the latest from Todd McBellan. He is about to hold uh, a media avail at the Mark Spector Golf Classic. So you'll hear from Todd McBellan tonight and an Eskimos preview with Morley Scott, the Eskimos, taking on the Montreal Alouettes tomorrow night. That wraps up the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now. The afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross is up next. So long from Oilers Now.
Life Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.